This is WNXS News with your anchors, Kit Harding, Jake E, ISO on Esports, and Diz on Product Forecast. Welcome to WNXS News, your nexus for magic news. I'm Jank E. And I'm Kit Harding. Thank you for joining us. In which we are late recording again because you are cursed. You can't prove that. That's exactly what a cursed person would say. Oh, I suppose you're going to say that I've done something new to upset the mana vortex, causing it to absorb and consume my luck. You said it. I didn't. That is not at all what I was implying. But it is what you said. Kit, I say this for what I hope is the last time. I am not cursed. Cute that you think this will be the last time. Our top story this week. Oh, crap. Again? More union busting? This just fills me with optimism about the week. First you're cursed, then there's union busting. But the starting point of this story is that... The union was not successfully busted. Yes, that's right. TCG player employees have succeeded in their union vote and have now formed a union with the Communications Workers of America. That is good news. We're delighted they've succeeded. Well, just a week after their very successful vote, they filed a number of unfair labor practices charges at eBay, who astute listeners will know, bought out TCG Player last year. Illegal captive audience meetings, retaliatory discipline, and surveillance on union activities are just the start. Oh, Nixon, you have so much to answer for. In fairness, I'm very confident union busting predates Nixon. Modern day Pinkertons is more accurate. The Pinkertons still exist, you know. Amazon used them in their union busting. So that's 173 years of union busting all by one company. How are you able to just rip that fact off the top of your head? I have many depths. Ah, right. The layers. In the oomst, TCG Player had hired Littler Mendelssohn, which is basically the same thing, except with lawyers instead of thugs with, you know, bars of metal and clubs and whatnot. Which... I guess would be the bigger Mendelssohn. Which was also involved with Amazon. We're just going on a whole tour of the Union Busters today. But as we said earlier, despite all this opposition and what can only be described as corporate intimidation, the Union was successfully formed. There is that. More fair labor is always a great thing, and we offer our congratulations to the Union Drive. Yes. Congratulations on the successful unionization. And then, so close on the heels of the union vote that one really must wonder if it's related. Which, technically, there is no evidence for in either direction. Which is why I made it clear that I am making an inference. But if you want to give this story, go ahead. Chetty Hampson, who founded TCG Player and had run it for more than 25 years before overseeing its sale to eBay, is now stepping down from his position as CEO. This occurs just a little over a week after the union vote and five months after the sale. This is a developing story. It was announced immediately prior to our recording, so we don't have a lot on the reaction of the community as yet. 
I'm sure we will have more by the next time we record. Uh, hey, Kit, you do know that insinuating things goes against the basic remit of a news program, don't you? Insinuate? My dear, I thought I said it out loud. Someday, you're going to pull that incredibly unbelievable innocent act on someone who just doesn't like you and get something like a drink thrown in your face. You like me? That's so exciting! Anyway, our next story also features big corporations preying on people. See? See? No causes for optimism this week. Most of you know of Tolarian Community College and its host, the legendary Professor. He posted a video discussing scams taking place in his YouTube comments. Scammers pretending to be him and telling people they've won something and need to send in money for shipping. He has reiterated that he will never ask for money, that when he does giveaways, he always pays the full shipping cost as part of the giveaway. And he's discussed the amount of time he's spending trying to combat this and still having absolutely no headway made in an emotional plea to YouTube directly so that they might do more to combat scams, bots, and other such shenanigans. He got enough of attention on the video to get a response in the comments from a YouTube staff account promising stronger spam protections and that his partner manager would be just reaching out to him. Whether or not this is basic lip service remains to be seen. Of course it's lip service. If it were more than that, it wouldn't have taken a popular emotional video to get their attention. They'll wait until the furor dies down and go back to ignoring it. Tell me, Kit, uh, how did you get to the level of cynicism at which you currently are? Living in the world. I am almost positive you don't live in the same world the rest of us do. Despite my best efforts, I'm still not a planeswalker, so clearly I do. That... that wasn't... Anyway, Iso, why don't you tell us what's been going on lately with the competitive scene? Glad to take charge of getting past the depressing things. Starting off with the most exciting news that everybody wants to hear most about, Pro Tour Phyresia happened. There was a healthy variety of decks in the field with Rakdos Midrange, Monogreen Devotion, and Gruel Vehicles as the most popular. Our winner was Reed Duke, a storied Hall of Famer who has come close to winning Pro Tours a number of times but has never quite made it. Now he's claimed his first win with an Isaac Creativity deck. Our congratulations, this has been a long time coming. His opponent in the final match was Benton Madsen, who put up a stellar fight with the Celesnia Ares deck. Madsen is a newcomer who burst onto the scene in this event after qualifying on Arena on his phone. He stated he thought he would go 08, and instead was the only undefeated player at the end of day one, making it all the way to the finals. His obvious joy in the game is an example to everyone of what high-level magic should be about, and we look forward to seeing more from him. Others in the top eight were Derek Davis with Enigmatic Fires, Chris Ferber with Lotus Field Combo, Takumi Matsura with Mono White Humans, Gabriel Nassif with Is It Creativity, Nathan Stewart with Lotus Field Combo, and Shota Yasuka with Rakdos Midrange. That was the big event, but there's a bit more on the horizon. Command Fests have been scheduled. Over April 14th to 16th, we will see events in Richmond, Virginia, Indianapolis, Indiana, Orlando, Florida, and Seattle, Washington. Now back to you. Thank you, Iso. So is Grixis Control taking over Standard? Who knows? I mean, Standard's evolving on a constant... <clears throat> standard's consistently evolving, so even if it is, that might not last. 
And I'm sure if it does, Watsi will take a key card or two and throw them into the mana vortex. They have to feed Urza somehow. And on that note, I think it's time for our first commercial break. When we come back, we have some more community updates. A first look at the upcoming Lord of the Rings set. The difference between a sanctioned and a recognized format. And more. Wait, what? Hi there, it's your friendly local news anchor, Jank E. And I've got a message just for our listeners. You may notice when you're listening to this episode, as well as the next one, that the information we're giving you is, to put it very lightly, somewhat out of date. Uh, The short version for that is that we don't know why. Uh, All we know is we've had some sort of technological issue um, that we hope now has been resolved. Um, In the event that it hasn't, we're still working on it. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe Kit's right and I am cursed by the Man of Vortex. Not that she'll ever hear me actually say those words. Um, But regardless, we thank you for your patience as we work through this, and we still are going to put out the episodes that we are missing. Uh, If not, just to catch back up, just so that you can hear the great interviews we've had over those episodes. Anyway, again, thank you for your patience, thank you for your support, and uh, we hope that you... Stick with us. And we're back. So now you're going to tell me more about this sanctioned versus recognized format thing, right? As usual, there is so much drama because Wizards is bad at communication. They've added Oathbreaker to the list of formats on the main website with a list of rules and a link to the Oathbreaker website, which is not a Watsu site, by the way. Players then assumed Watsi was adding it as a sanctioned format. Because yet another sanctioned format is what we in the community most need right now. I know, right? They had to make some tweets to clarify the issue. No management from Watsi on Oathbreaker. No Oathbreaker products planned. Oathbreaker is used heavily by Magikids, one of their charitable partners, and they wanted to highlight that. I'm familiar with Magic Kids. It's a pretty solid organization. They collect unwanted magic cards and ship them to schools and other educational organizations along with a curriculum to help kids learn magic. It gives kids a place to just be and play games and make friends. How magic players really do try to give back to the community. And, you know, doing it with kids, we create the magic players of tomorrow. Our future. And honestly, we have too many sanctioned formats as it is. There are a lot of people who think sanctioning ruined Commander. I mean, I I don't know if you're exactly the expert on this as someone who hasn't played any Commander. Played Oathbreaker either. I mean, is this another way to entice you to come on the stream? Because we could talk to Wildfire. Alas, for we cannot draft the Modern Horizons box on the stream. I mean, not unless you can teleport or travel by Mana Vortex. I keep telling you it doesn't work like that. And now, it's time to roll on over to Diz with a look at the upcoming sets. Thanks, Jake. We've had our first look at March of the Machine, and it looks quite exciting. Jenga Taxi stands out as a particularly interesting card, combining card draw, warning, and a transformation. 
Its flip side, The Great Synthesis, is a saga that functions as a bounce board wipe. Activating it does require seven or more cards in hand, but I look forward to seeing how people break this one. March of the Machines also gives us a new Heliod card and Return of the Gitrog. Previews will start on March 29th, with pre-release starting on April 14th. There will be a not-standard legal bonus sheet called Multiverse Legends with cards featuring characters on their home planes and what is apparently yet another type of foil called Halo Foils. No word on what they are yet, but there is clearly another attempt to create new collectibles. Secret Lair has some drops upcoming, only one of which we've seen, which includes beautiful art treatments for Questing Beast, Walking Ballista, and others. If you're a Plane Chase fan, it's back with us, including new ones. Visit the Isle of Vesuva or engage in spatial merging to visit two planes at once. Further afield, a small set called March of the Machines The Aftermath has been announced as a set for the story invested. It's also been announced that Commander Masters will be coming in May. And now, back to you. Tom Bombadil got a card. Really, wizards? That's a that's a surprisingly deep cut that you actually recognize very quickly. Big Lord of the Rings fan, are you? I read them once. They're fine. I mean... Tom Bombadil is nice and all, and the new Aragorn and Arwen looks pretty great, but I personally am more interested in opening this one ring. There's two standard opinions about that, I think. On one hand, ridiculous marketing stunt, but as marketing stunts go, it at least has the benefit of not denying the players any essential game pieces. Regular copies of one ring will show up at a normal rarity level. There's one with special art, and if people who have more money than sense want to go wild trying to chase it down, let them. That must be the, the hand with the ring on it. And on the other hand... People are notoriously bad at estimating odds. This is going to have an absurd value on the secondary market. And people know that. Is Magic a game or is it a lottery ticket? It honestly brings to mind the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory golden ticket system. And based on your tone, I don't need to guess which of these opinions you hold. I think the whole thing is a shoddy attempt to take advantage of the player base in a way that aggravates fewer people than the Fetchlands boxes did because they can excuse it as a special art, while really it's a way to create something with so much value on the secondary market that the sales go through the roof for reasons entirely unrelated to the game, sucking more and more money out of the pockets of the players through unscrupulous means until they have utterly destroyed all goodwill and the mana vortex descends upon them ready to consume their souls. Kit, do you... Do you maybe want to dial the drama back a bit? A mint alpha black lotus just broke the record for most money ever paid for a magic card and sold for $540,000. That's half the price of a house. Who's being dramatic? I mean, Kit, most people don't give evil cackles when they talk. I am offended that you think I'm evil. I didn't say you're evil. I think your cackles are evil. Also, half the price of a house? What is your local housing market like? Pretty normal for here. I... I can't decide what's more just wrong about that. Your your resignation about it or the fact that houses cost that much. I thought you lived on the East Coast. I do. Good lord above. Anyway, speaking of moving, popular content creators Loading Ready Run are approaching their 20th anniversary and their 6th moon base. We don't know a lot about what they're planning to do to celebrate, but we are sure it'll be very exciting and extra special. They also announced that popular magic show Friday Nights will be returning this year with a crowdfunding campaign for the next season to be launched this spring. 
I know I'm very excited for that. I love Friday Nights. I mean, I'm also excited, and I don't live in a world as surreal as this like you do. It was very realistic. That's why I like it so much. I rest my case. What case? And now it's time for our second commercial break. Um, When we come back, a further developing story. Welcome now, all you listeners. Just sit on down by your radio boxes and tune on in to Grampy Jank's Story Corner. It will be coming very, very soon. And I'll just give you the briefest of summaries of what's been going on with the magic story. All you need to do is get your popcorn and your egg creams and you can just listen on as Grampy tells you all about Phyrexia and the fall of Phyrexia, which wasn't as bad as the winter of Phyrexia, where I had to walk uphill both ways to get to the next level of Mirrodin, or Nilvorexia as it's called nowadays, but in those days it was called Mirrodin. And we're back! A second story broke right as we were about to record because Jank is cursed! I mean... Typically, a news program would find more news to be a good thing? Not when it's people being awful again. Did you go read more comments? I haven't been out long enough to really get meaningful comments. It happened a month ago at MagicCon Philadelphia, but the story is breaking now. Pleasant Kenobi has reported that a cosplayer by the name of Kyle cosplayed as a box of Magic 30 in a trash bin and was told by convention staff that it would be a very, very bad idea to wear it into the convention. I will give him points for originality, as protest cosplay is not something this community really does much of. Well, if you're going to get kicked out for it, that has quite the chilling effect. I look forward to this one developing, because right now all we really know is that there was an incident which made it back to the higher levels of the wizard's hierarchy, but there has been no comment from wizards as yet. It's a developing story, so I'm sure that this time next episode we'll have more information. And now, a brand new news talk. Welcome back to another news talk. On this edition, I have the second place holder for the most appearances on the podcast, Hobbs Q. Uh, Hobbs, thank you for I'm trying so to mad. catch up I'm still best. so angry. <laughs> I mean, I'm it's so angry my... still. Look, all I'm saying is that all I'm saying is that Beth has has just outpaced you. I have to actually do a real count because off the top of my head, I don't remember what the actual numbers are. She's got you by at least three by now. Well, I guess two now that this one's happening. Um, yeah. So I, I don't like this. The only reason I agreed to this, the only reason I agreed to this is because (laughs) I, I, I hate losing to people. Well, I mean, it's it. Then why do you play magic, Hobbs? This interview is over. <laughs> <laughs> just unplug the unplug the lapel mic, just throw it all down. Okay. Um, so, Hobbs, uh, because it's been so very, 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 very long since you've been on the podcast, 
why don't you go through a little bit about who you are to the magic community uh, for our listeners? Hello, Podwalkers, and welcome to another episode of the Goblin Lore. Oh, sorry, (laughs) wrong recording. So that's what I do. Uh, I am uh, one of the hosts of the Goblin Lore podcast, which is a uh, Magic the Gathering lore meets real world and social issues based podcast. A lot of community, just elements in general. Um, a we are going on year number five. We just hit episode one hundred and eighty. Uh, so we are. Uh, that's what I kind of do. So my role in that, I'm a psychologist at the at a VA hospital, and um, so it's a way to me to kind of marry that love of mental health and my job life with kind of magic and with the hobby. Uh, my goal is always to kind of get things going with conversations about mental health. So you oftentimes find me on other people's streams, guesting, uh, or taking part in charity events or the main things that I really am involved in. Um, I will be all around MagicCon 30 or the Minneapolis one because it'll be in my hometown. Or I guess, I don't know, at what point does something become acceptable to call like a hometown? I mean, it's not I... where I grew up. No, no, I, I said absolutely zero while you were out of the room. Yeah, I'm going to leave that dead silence in so we can get the real feel for what this is like. <laughs> <laughs> You're just uh, yelling, what? Did they get into something? And then dead silence. Yeah, I would say I would say the hometown thing. Um, I, I think like your town of origin, obviously, is your first hometown. Unless like you're one of the military kids who move around a bajillion times and you don't really have a hometown. Uh, I would say that you, as an adult, can pick can pick your hometown when you've spent a significant portion of your life there. Um, like I don't know, when okay. you were young was Minneapolis even so, like, around? <laughs> I didn't know what the Midwest was up until I moved here. So I, it was basically I had only ever lived coastally, well, but I've been here for in, ten years now. In fairness, so I can you landed like, on Plymouth Rock. No one knew what the Midwest was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I went to school out by Plymouth Rock, so, but no, I mean, like, uh, yeah, I, I, I would consider, I would consider, I've been in Minneapolis now a, a quarter of my life, just about, and uh, it is, you know, it's the place that kind of I really have a strong Magic the Gathering community that I'm a part of, and we're, I'm so I'll be all around for that, the Magic Con coming up in May, yeah, I which say. is also Mental Health Awareness Month. That's true, it is. Um, I would say, you know, I would say that counts as your new hometown, I guess, like your, your old hometown, your new hometown for your old years. I don't know. Hard to, hard to really get a good name on that. But anyway, speaking of mental health month, um, did you already tell our listeners what your day job is? I did. I said okay. that I was a psychologist at the I, at, at a VA. <laughs> okay, that was like five whole minutes ago. I'm not going to remember that. Uh, <laughs> I genuinely could not remember, but that's fine. That's what editing is for. Any host. Uh, so you are, as aforementioned, a psychologist for the VA, um, and you've been doing that for quite some time. And a lot of your concern with your career and helping people with their mental health bleeds over into your free space as well. Uh, You've done, I want to say for the last two years, you had a mental health streamathon weekend uh, in mental health month. Um, Yeah. Last year we did two, two straight days with, uh, I think I, I, I'm trying to look back. I think it was 16 hours a day of streams. 
You're not doing one this year, and that is because of the timing of uh, Magic Fest Minneapolis. Um, But that doesn't mean you're not doing anything for mental health. Uh, I believe you disclosed it on Twitter. Would you like to go over what your intended submission was that you're still waiting to hear back on for the podcast here? Yeah. Yeah, so the, the panel submissions just closed for Magic Con, so we're now in a period of kind of waiting. We proposed a panel with the Garblin lore hosts, so myself, Taya, and Alex, and we'll all be around no matter what. Even if we don't get kind of selected, we're still going to be there on Taya's coming in for it, as well as two guests who we haven't announced yet because we don't, we're kind of waiting to see what happens on if the submission gets just, it gets right. accepted because, um, yeah, I, I, mean, I think there are people that, wouldn't people I don't think people would be surprised by them but I'm just not kind of giving names out but we submitted a panel called uh, how I sparked which is basically a planeswalker journey because we talk a lot about this concept of mental health recovery and it being a journey that you come to and for all of us we're all walking a mental health journey or working a pathway and the the concept of a planeswalker spark um, and how that spark comes about is something that we've talked a lot on the show about in, including we've had episodes about I have one about myself and how I sparked and, uh, you know, discussing different elements of that sparking both from joy, sparking from either pain or the uh, intense emotional parts of our life. But we would basically lead a panel that would be talking about recovery journeys, what that means in terms of sparking or how that might look using the planeswalker as a lens. So I, I think it's a really cool submission. I mean, like, I really hope that we do get picked up for it. Um, I don't know anything about how they how they choose those, but I think it would be cool to have one in Minneapolis during Mental Health Awareness Month to have uh, the Goblin Lore cast involved. And, you know, my, my guess is even if we don't get picked up, that's pretty easy for us to then just record an episode about, too. Yeah, and for, and for a change, you'll all be in the same place. You have been very open about something that your department at work has been doing uh, for a while now. And it was you've been able to, I believe you, you'll be able to tell me if I'm wrong about this or uh, go into more detail. You've been able to present it to the AMA. You were all featured in an article in a newspaper earlier this year. Um, but that is that you have, you and your department and team, whatever the right word is, have been running a D&D campaign as part of a group therapy setting, um, which is just... Yes. So before we get into this, I do have to give a little bit of just kind of a clear statement of that I am not here, though, as like an official VA employee, um, as th none of this is reflective on my employer. Uh, any statements I make are mine and mine alone. My opinions, they're not tied to the government or oh. an endorsement thereof. Well, well never uh, mind then. This I do have to, This is one of those weird <laughs> ones where I... Yeah, no, I mean, but this is one of those weird ones that like uh, my dual role is something that it can be kind of a, an interesting conundrum. Um, like how to talk about this stuff in... Like it's out there, right? Like you said, they're, they're, they, 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 we, we, we had permission, but we had to go through to do the newspaper article where somebody interviewed us, and um, you know, uh, and 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 like from an actual like news outlet, and like they came in and they talked to veterans in the group, and there was photos. Like it was a, it was like a process to even just get permission to do that because 
you know, that it, it's one of those things that we have to talk about, like how, how it reflects on, you know, it's just the weird part of being a government employee, but also just being a psychologist. Like I have to be very clear that, you know, it's like, I'm not providing clinical advice. Uh, you know, this is something that <laughs> that is a weird, like ethical line that I have to kind of walk and discuss. You also can't really go into detail about the people that you, that you've been, the patients that you've been working with. You can't yeah. be like, yeah, John Johnson I mean, basically everything... one, two, three, F F U way right. has been showing remarkable pride. Right. Like <laughs> exactly. Like I, for like the, the purposes of, you know, like I can't even give you, I can't give you cool stories. Right. I can tell you about what we're doing um, in kind of the very general sense of that. So I hope that that's okay. Cause I realize that's, no, that's, you know, I, I, figured, I didn't fully I figured that tell was you that part, case. but <laughs> no, I figured that was gonna be the case. This is more of like a, uh, well, let me get, let me get into the main questions that I have. So, First of all, uh, this is, to say the least, a bit of an unorthodox therapy style, for lack of a better term. Um, like, I mean, it's I know that a lot of times with children, yeah. psychologists and stuff will use uh, like board games or more of a one on one type game to to help people open up or to help the kids open up. That's just, you know, that that's usually something we associate with kids. Thanks, Law and Order SVU. Um but <laughs> having I was like, wow, you you're really well versed in the role of children like child psychologist. I'm very I'm very impressed. Yeah, having having only the four basic networks when I was younger really helped my <laughs> my wealth of useless trivia knowledge. Um <laughs> uh you you man, I would I could kill it at Wheel of Fortune though. <laughs> but uh yeah, so it is kind of unorthodox in, in an adult population. I mean, even even with uh, – so in general, like we'll take kind of a broad step back. Um, play therapy and the use of gaming within therapy or games within therapy, like you said, ma mainly what we know about play is, is within childhood. Now, there is good research into the just benefits of play, the benefits of games um, broadly. Right. You know, gaming itself is a whole other category that there's a lot less research on. But the whole idea of kids being engaged with imaginative play is not something that we really think of as being like controversial. Right. Like, I, I right. think that that is kind of a seen as pretty normal and pretty much a part of development. And there's a lot of discussion about how we lose play as an adult. I mean. I'm not sure if it's been a slow or crowded Newsweek, but at least we didn't spend the entire show reporting on people's bad behavior. You know, any show where we spend 60% or less reporting on that is always a plus. Next up, join me on an epic, adventurous journey into the mana vortex. We are now done. That's all for this edition. We'll see you next time. Same time, new news.